Welcome to Funeral Potatoes for the Singles Award. Tune in to today's taboo topic with Kaylee and Tracy. Clearly, the Lord is testing us. Clearly. Honestly. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> he wants to make sure that we have the faith sufficient enough to share the message that we have to share today. Exactly. And on top of that, that we are willing to endure no matter what tribulations and trials come before us. Yeah, because that's what disciples of Christ do. Hey! (laughs) (laughs) Well done, Tracy. That's beautiful. Thank you. (laughs) Just a transition. Who would have guessed? (laughs) So good. It's been a year of us doing this. It's about time I figured out how to make a smooth transition. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, that was perfect. All right. So anyways, mm-hmm. over the last year of doing this podcast, we have tried to put a spiritual uplift, an edifying theme, or a way for us to improve through each episode. That's been kind of like mm-hmm. our goal on top of the talking about taboo topics. Throughout this year, we have felt ourselves change as we've tried to do what the prophets and apostles of old and the present have taught us, which is to study, ponder, pray, ask, listen, and act. Today, we want to follow the counsel given from this most recent conference by Elder Neil L. Anderson and speak more of Christ, specifically helping you and ourselves become better disciples of Jesus Christ. Yes, super exciting stuff. Like, that's really what we're trying to do here. Like, we're trying to learn and use what we learn to apply to our lives, to act better, to be better, and to draw closer unto Christ. And the way to do that is by becoming disciples. Mm -hmm. And so today we are going to be discussing that, and I am super excited. Um, Tracy ended up putting together a most of this because, I mean, this is your idea. And so I feel like whenever one of us has more of an idea, we put in more of the content. Honestly, by the time I finally got to, like, including content, I was like, what else can I add? Like, she's added all the good stuff, so. (laughs) (laughs) So it's going to be fun today, you guys. We are ready. All right, and so we're going to be starting off with what does it mean exactly to be a disciple of Christ? When we are baptized, we make covenants with God, right? The sacrament prayers tell us our baptismal covenant that we renew weekly. And so those promises are willing to take his name upon us keep his commandments and always remember him. So the the promised blessing from this covenant, when we do that is that we will always have his spirit with us, which I really love because when we are baptized, we take upon ourselves the name of Jesus Christ and become everyday witnesses of Christ. Um, So by choosing to follow him, follow his example and make covenants with him, we become disciples of Christ. So what does that really entail though? Becoming a disciple of Christ. What are the requirements? So in the September 1974 Ensign, there's a really great article by Chauncey C. Riddle, and he says, A disciple of Christ is one who is learning to be like Christ, learning to think, to feel, and to act like he does. To be a true disciple, to fulfill that learning task, is the most demanding regimen known to man. No other discipline compares in either requirements or rewards. It involves the total transformation of a person from the state of the natural man to that of a saint, one who loves the Lord and serves with all of his heart, might, mind, and strength. That is good. I really like that. That's such a clean description. Like, mm-hmm. here's how, here, here's exactly what you have to do. It's about the transformation from the natural man to that of a saint, to someone who truly is connected with Christ. I think what's great about that, too, is... 
that it says that it's someone who is learning to be like Christ. It really just mm-hmm. means that it's you trying to become more like Christ. It's in your actions, your words, your feelings, your thoughts, everything. Mm-hmm. And like really working hard to do that. Yeah, I love that because, yeah, and I don't know if we said this before, but but you can't follow a checklist to get to heaven or a heavenly father. That's not how it works. You can't just say, okay, been baptized. Check. Uh, got the Holy Spirit with me. Check. Pray today. Check. Like that. That's not how it goes. It is mm-hmm. a learning process that never really ends. It's something that we have to every day commit ourselves to be doing and doing better than the day before. It's yeah. a process that will take this entire lifetime. And that's, that's the reason that we're here and it is beautiful. And, Something that I try to remind myself of because I'm like, I, I have to continue, keep improving. Like, yes, yeah, sometimes it feels hard and it's just like, ugh, like I have to keep trying. Like, won't this ever be done? No, like, no. <laughs> Progression. It's a thing. Yeah. We need it. And it's possible to learn to love it. And sometimes I really do love it. It's a path. It's an ongoing thing. But you never stop working on being a disciple of Christ. Like it's always something that you're working on. You might be baptized. You might have gotten your endowments, but that doesn't mean that you're done. There's still more for Mm -hmm. you to do. Right. Exactly. I love that. Um, And then Elder Elton Perry makes another great point in an article in The Friend from 2003 in September. And he says that my advice to you is that we must create ways of living that help us with our spiritual house cleaning, ongoing and continual processes that draw us closer to the Lord, our Savior, so that we can be numbered among his disciples. The central purpose of our life is to prepare to meet God and inherit the blessings he has promised to his worthy children. The Savior set the pattern during his earthly ministry and encouraged those who followed him to become his disciples. And I, I just love it. Like, that's that's really saying, like, what we've been trying to say so far, that it's all about learning to become more Christ-like, to try harder to follow him, do all that we can to continuously improve ourselves and move forward. Yeah, that perfectly sums it up. Going with that, the Savior instructed those that would follow him about the essence of discipleship when he said in Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And now for a man to take up his cross is to deny himself of all ungodliness and every worldly lust and to keep my commandments. I included this scripture because it really is difficult to be a disciple of Jesus Christ and to kind of go against what the world around you is telling you to do. Mm -hmm. Um, it's really hard to just let go of what your natural tendencies are or what mm-hmm. the world's tendencies are or if you have roommates if, yeah. or friends or anything to just let go of what they do and to focus completely on what the savior would do. It's hard and you mm-hmm. and it really does feel like taking up a cross and carrying it in order to follow the savior, but it's entirely worth it and if we want to be with Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ again. It's what we have to do. It really is. And just going back to the quote by Elder Alton Perry, he, he referenced it as spiritual house cleaning. So it makes a really good visual point, though, because house cleaning is not something that you can do once and be done forever. Like, you have to continuously clean 
up after yourself. You need to be cleaning your dishes. You need to be loading the dishwasher. You need to be unloading the dishwasher. You need to be cleaning your room, vacuuming, dusting, polishing, things like it never really ends. Mm -hmm. So there are times where everything is clean and everything is good and that's great and it's beautiful and it's awesome. But then yeah, there are going to be days where you make a mess and you still need to clean it up. And that's what we have to do with ourselves, with our spiritual progress, that sometimes everything's going to be good and clean and awesome. And other times there's, we're going to make a mess and all we have to do is learn to clean up and be like, okay, let's try not to make that happen again. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a perfect way to compare it because yeah, like you said, it's never done. You're never done cleaning your house. There's always more to do. I mean, unfortunately, but you know, that's, that's the way it is. And we can learn to live with that. We can also learn to enjoy it. Yes. In April 2017 General Conference, Elder Robert D. Hale said, Many people hear the word disciple and think it means only follower, but genuine discipleship is a state of being. This suggests more than studying and applying a list of individual attributes. Disciples live so that the characteristics of Christ are woven into the fiber of their beings as into a spiritual tapestry. I think that's so beautiful. That is. I like that. Like tapestries yeah like if you're comparing your life to a spiritual tapestry like it really does take little tiny things like little fibers or little actions little words little thoughts little feelings everything sacrifices to weave together to become this beautiful image you might not see all the work that you're doing and how it's really affecting you or helping or hindering your spiritual tapestry. But at the end, you're going to see this like beautiful work of art and it's going to be amazing. Exactly. Yes. When we look back at our lives, when we're done with this one, I really do think that it's going to be exciting and exhilarating to see parts of it at, at the very least. Um, more than likely, we're going to be able to look back and see all the a lot of the good moments that we've just kind of set to the side. When I was thinking about this topic, I suggested it like a month ago when mm-hmm. <laughs> we were when we were seeing peak election craziness and oh, yes, just a lot of contention and insanity. And it was like right after general conference where I was like, all of the apostles were talking about us becoming more Christ-like and trying to change and become better. Obviously, there's a reason for that. And so when I was thinking about doing this episode, I was like, you know, we really do need to work on becoming more Christ-like. And sometimes we forget Mm -hmm. that we are all disciples of Christ after we get baptized and that all of us Mm -hmm. take upon his name. We might not have like a name tag like missionaries do that say his name, but we have his name like imprinted in our hearts. We need to honor that name more than what we are naturally doing. Um, In Mosiah chapter 18, when Alma brings the people to the waters of Mormon and he explains to them what it means to be baptized, he also explains what it means to become a disciple of Christ. And in verses 8 through 10, those verses really lay out what the baptismal covenant is and also what being a disciple of Jesus Christ means. Mm-hmm. It means that you're willing to be like him at all times, in all things, in all places, through bearing others' burdens, mourning with them, serving with them, loving them, and doing it because that's what Christ would do if he was physically here. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, no, I just, yeah, as you were saying that, it reminded me that I talked about these verses in the very first talk that I ever gave in sacrament meeting. It was for a primary program, and and I was one of the older kids, so like the 
uh, like two or three of us had to give talks or something during it. And those verses have always stuck with me. Like, I don't remember a lot of scriptures. I've forgotten all of my scripture study stuff, even though I was super good at it when we did it. But <laughs> I always think about those because, like you said, it really is the core of what it means to be baptized. Like, that's what a baptism is all about, is becoming more Christ-like and taking care of each other. And we need to do so much more of that, especially during these tr turbulent times. Like, it's mm -hmm. the hatred and the hurt that I've seen across the board is incredible and not a good way. Yeah. And I always come back to these verses and I'm like, am I doing that? Am I helping those who are asking for my help? Like, am I showing the best side of myself as well as showing Jesus Christ through my actions and my words and everything that I do? Because if I'm not, what then what am I doing? discipleship is about being willing to be like him at all times and all things and in all places we are supposed to be helping them and loving them like mm -hmm. we're not asked to judge them we're not asked to tell them like you know what to do and we're not supposed to just write them off and say hey like you're complaining you're whining isn't real like i don't know what you're talking about you're clearly wrong that's not what we're asked to do we are asked to help one another we have said this so many times in this podcast that we are so far from being perfect. We Very are <laughs> so perfect. <laughs> we know we're not perfect. I mess up all the time. I think I made it pretty clear this podcast how much I don't know. You should have heard us before we hit record. Like we were so stupid and talking about the dumbest things and just being ridiculous. Yeah. But being a disciple of Christ is not just being perfect in everything. It's recognizing that you have shortcomings and you have mistakes and you have weaknesses, mm -hmm. but also being willing to work on those things. If you're so busy focusing on the weaknesses and the faults and the flaws of other people, instead of looking at yourself and where you need to improve, then nothing is ever going to change in the world and nothing positive is ever going to happen. Pretty much. Well said. Thank you. Going into our next section, uh, we're going to talk about some scripture examples. And this is mainly pulled from this super awesome devotional that I pulled from BYU, Idaho. Uh, it was given May 13th, 2008, titled Becoming a Disciple by Kip Harris. And he goes on to provide six guidelines and how to become a better disciple. Yeah. And each of those guidelines have really great scriptural ties. So mm -hmm. through the scriptures, what being a disciple of Christ looks like, what it should feel like, and how you can use the scriptures to find more information about being a disciple of Christ. Exactly. Like in guideline number one, he says how we learn of him by studying his words. In Doctrine and Covenants section 42, verse 61, he says, If thou shalt ask, thou shalt receive revelation upon revelation, knowledge upon knowledge, that thou mayest know the mysteries and peaceable things that which that which bringeth joy, that which bringeth life eternal. I mean, that's that's pretty beautiful. Like it's it's a good reminder that as we do progress, the Lord is going to be working with us. It's not something that we do entirely on our own. And so whenever we are struggling, then we can turn to him for knowledge, for revelation, and that will be given to us. Yeah, especially as we study the scriptures, like he said, I think that's beautiful. He says, guideline number two is we develop our discipleship by learning the principle of remembering. Much of our discipleship will be dependent on our ability to remember the blessings we receive daily from the hand of the Lord. In Helaman chapter 12, verse 2, it says, Yea, and we may see at the very time when he doth prosper this people, 
yea, in the increase of their fields, their flocks, and their herds, and in gold, and in silver, and in all manner of precious things of every kind and art, sparing their lives, and delivering them out of the hands of their enemies, softening the hearts of their enemies, that they should not declare wars against them, yea, and in fine, doing all things for the welfare and happiness of his people, yea, this is the time that they do harden their hearts, and do forget the Lord their God, and do trample under their feet the Holy One, yea, and this because of their ease and their exceedingly great prosperity. I love how he included this verse because that is literally the whole cycle of the Book of Mormon. That's the pride cycle. It is. How Mm -hmm. they prosper and they fall into transgression because they harden their hearts and they turn away from God. And then there are wars, calamities, and then they suddenly realize because of all the devastation that they need to turn back to the Lord. And then they slowly start to Mm -hmm. prosper again. And then it just keeps going. And this happens with us, too. Like all the time. I can definitely say that over the last few years, I have definitely seen myself thriving, surviving, having a grand old time and forgetting the Lord and then falling into the depths of despair and falling apart and things getting really hard and realizing that I need to turn to the Lord. I think him including the principle of remembering and remembering how blessed we are to receive help from the Lord every single day is what's really going to help us stay on the covenant path of discipleship. Agreed. I think, I mean, it sounds so simple to just be like, oh, like, just remember the Lord and then you're good to go. It really is kind of that simple. And yet, even as simple as it sounds, it's it really is so easy to be like, okay, Like, oh, I just, I'm on the run, so I don't have time to say my prayers. I don't have time to do this, and I need to go do that. And so we get so distracted in our daily lives with so much going on, even in a year with the pandemic, that it's so easy to be like, okay, I can worry about that later. I'll just repent Mm -hmm. about that later or something. We need to be trying to do our best to remember as often as possible. And yeah, I'm right up there with you that like, I could have done so much better over the last couple of years because like it's it's definitely been a weird roller coaster and I can look back and be like, okay, if I'd done a little bit better, <laughs> things could have changed. Yeah. So yeah. Um <laughs> all right. So for guideline number three, he said that becoming a disciple requires our understanding of the principles of the principle one by one. His example is pulled from Elder Bednar about the brother of Jared, how he brought the stones of the Lord and the Lord was touching them one by one to light them because it was like a powerful witness of what the Lord can do for us individually. And in Third Nephi chapter 17, verse 21, when he said these words, he wept and the multitude bare record of it. And he took their little children one by one and blessed them and prayed unto the father for them. And he adds that I've come to realize that as a disciple, we can change others one by one and have lasting influence. I really love that. It is, it's not enough to just remember and to listen, but we need to understand the principles. We need to apply them and we need to share them. Yeah. The Lord will talk to you however he can. And sometimes it's going to be through other people. And you can also do that for other people so long as you're willing to put in the effort to be prepared for when that time comes. Exactly. I have nothing to add. So I'm going to move on to (laughs) guideline number four. (laughs) Guideline number four is, as a disciple, you must be able to lead and teach others in a way that doesn't set you above them, but allows you to influence them for good. And I am obsessed with this guideline because so often in my younger YSA years of like being away from home for the first time and 
hearing other people teaching lessons that I wasn't very familiar with, like the people, not the lessons, but hearing them teach in a way that made them sound like they were holier than thou and that they were perfect uh, and you uh, trash yeah. and, and them treating you like that also, it really did not influence me positively. It did the absolute mm. opposite. When I became a teacher in college, like for gospel doctrine, and then when I went on my mission, I was like, I don't want people to ever feel like they are trash when I'm teaching mm-hmm. them a lesson. Yeah. Like I want them to feel like they are special, they are loved, and they are doing a fantastic job wherever they are. That's so important. I think that's the whole point of discipleship. Like, if we are supposed to be inviting other people to come unto Christ, we have to do it from wherever they are. It can't be us mm-hmm. from our lofty high place and reaching down <laughs> to someone who has mm-hmm. like six feet between our hand and their hand and being like, just jump, I'll catch you. Like, it can't be like that. We have to no. get on people's level and relate to them and love them wherever they are in their journey and help them to see Christ in whatever we are doing so that way they can mm-hmm. see Christ in whatever they're doing as well. Agreed. I think that is so important. And I agree with you. I wish that had been more of my mentality when I was a teacher, because I think for my teaching, I'd just be like, what are these principles again? Like, wait, I need to learn this too. So then I'll teach whatever I'm learning so that we can all figure out what's going on. Like, <laughs> that's, that's usually the mentality I went in. And I was like, please teach me as you're going through, because I don't know what I'm talking about yet. I mean, yeah, as long as you're not trying to be like, here's what you guys need to do to be better. You need to be coming from the perspective that we're all in this, we're, we're all in this together, this in this together. together. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I mean, that that's really how it is. Like, even if we know more, no matter our calling, no matter what we have, no matter what we think we know, there is no way that we are set above another person. Nope. Like, it, that's not what the Lord has ever said. That's not something that we should ever do. What that what those verses in Messiah is saying is that we need to help one another because we're going to need that help too. how we act, how we are disciples of Christ impacts everything we do, as well as the people around us. And that is not something that we can ever ignore. Yeah. Moving on to guideline number five, becoming a disciple requires a mighty change to take place in our hearts. And he brings in another verse from Mosiah, uh, chapter three, verse 19. He talks about how for the natural man is an enemy to God and has been from the fall of Adam and will be forever and ever unless he yields to the enticings of the Holy Spirit and putteth off the natural man and becometh a saint through the atonement of Christ the Lord. And becometh as a little child, submissive, meek, humble, patient, full of love, willing to submit to all things which the Lord seeth fit to inflict upon him, even as a child doth submit to his father. So putting off the natural man and yielding to the enticings of the spirit is important in the process by which we experience the mighty change of heart. So that does need to happen. We can't accept the natural man and say that that's good enough while slapping on um, discipleship. That's not how it works. They are they are contradictory. Mm-hmm. We need to have a true change of heart in order to be a disciple. A change of heart is noticeable, and you will notice it. Moving on to guideline number six. Disciples understand the importance of making and keeping sacred covenants. In the temple, we make covenants and witness to the Lord that we can be trusted with sacred things. Once we learn the importance of our covenants, we will be well on our way to becoming disciples. And I think that goes right along with the mighty change of heart. If you have been through the temple and you've received your endowments, you know that the person you are 
after you receive your endowment is 100% different than the person you were before you got your endowment Mm -hmm. because you learned more about the covenants that you make with the Lord. You see what you can become in the future with God. Mm -hmm. And from that moment on, the person that you are is truly a reflection of the Savior. Mm -hmm. I can just say, like, when I was like who I was before I received my endowment. So who I was in college was like Mm -hmm. really flighty doing whatever. Oh, really? (laughs) I just, I wish I'd known you back then. That would have been so interesting. (laughs) Like the purest definition of a Sagittarius ever. Like, Oh really? (laughs) Like hundred percent. That was my gosh. Like so great. (laughs) (laughs) And then that's just how I was. And, After receiving my endowments, I changed like so much because I was like, oh my gosh, this is what I should have been preparing more for. Like I should have been focusing more on the importance of making and keeping these covenants. And I should have been focusing Mm -hmm. more on working on my relationship with the Lord. Like I always had a fairly good relationship with the Lord when I was in college, but I was still like very flighty and like got a blast and like doing my own thing. (laughs) Uh But after going through the temple, I was like, I need to change and I need to do better and be better because Mm -hmm. the Lord expects me to do better and be better now. I feel like now I can definitely say that like who I am has changed even more from that point because I've started Mm -hmm. to understand more about what my temple covenants are and how Mm -hmm. those covenants push me forward on the path of becoming a disciple of Christ. So it's just, it's a journey and Really, it takes so much time, but like, mm-hmm. it's worth time, it. effort, love, heart. It, yes, it is beautiful and it is so important. Thank you for sharing that. That was, that was really good. Yeah, I was thinking about it as you were talking, and I was like, yeah, my, my heart definitely softened, and my desire for more knowledge and revelation and growth and learning changed so much because before then I was like, okay, I might as well get my endowments done, like. I guess it's time. Um, so I did it and I was like, oh my gosh, if I'm going to keep <laughs> these comments that I just made, I've got to do some work. Yeah. And yeah. It's just, it's, it's so important and it's invigorating at the same time. Mm-hmm. It gives us a clear image, I think, or idea of the path that we need to be taking to be improving and to remain disciples of Jesus Christ. Because like we've said so far, like we can't just be like, okay, like check, like we did, we took, we took out our endowments. We're done. We're good to go. Like celestial kingdom here we go. That's, that's not how it's going to work. Unfortunately, we need to continuously be improving and working on that. Now, I like how uh, Kip Harris continued to say how the principle of becoming a disciple is not just a completion of six guidelines that he proposed, nor is it simply completing certain tasks or assignments that you might receive during your lifetime. It is rather the application of knowledge that leads us to be truly converted to the gospel of Jesus Christ and act for ourselves and not be acted upon. Perhaps the Apostle Paul said it best in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 13 through 14, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of man and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. We have the sole responsibility to become disciples. I just really like that. 
He is putting the accountability on us. This is up to us. We cannot just slide through life and be like, yeah, sure, I'm a disciple, like whatever. No, you, you actually do have to be putting in the effort. And he, and it also adds on what Paul said is that when we are disciples, when we are doing the right thing, we're going to be settled. We're going to have the spiritual cornerstones and we're not going to be like the foolish man building his house upon a sand. We're, we're not going to let mankind around us being like, okay, yeah, but what about this? What about that? What about that? And we'll be able to stand firm and be like, no, that's not true. Or yes, that is true. Like we're going to have a better knowledge and understanding of the gospel of Jesus Christ and be able to see where the faults are and where the cracks and lies are with other people and false knowledge. Exactly. I really love that scripture in Ephesians, and I'm so glad that he shared it because if you think about that little line of we want to be able to measure to the stature of the fullness of Christ, Mm -hmm. that quote was used so many times in general conference in October. That's true. Like, and I think the most notable one was when Elder Holland, when he was talking about how people want to pray, like, you know, please don't let anything bad happen to us and let <laughs> let my days mm-hmm. be full of like joy and everything be perfect in my life. Mm-hmm. And then when I'm dead, I can come back up and <laughs> live with you and be happy forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says that when we think like that and when we pray like that, we are depriving ourselves of the opportunity to refine ourselves and measure up to the stature of Jesus Christ. Becoming a disciple of Christ in this life makes it possible for us to be with Christ and to stand with Christ confidently at the end mm-hmm. of everything. And so when we are refining ourselves and we're trying our best to honor our covenants, to be like him in every thought, action, everything, then we mm-hmm. are really working hard at measuring up to the stature of the fullness of Christ. And that's what that's all he wants for all of us. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. I love that. All right. So we're going to move on to our next section on talking about how do we become better disciples of Christ? And I feel like we've definitely touched up on this a little bit, of course, but we do want to get like a little bit more clear and consider a few things that we can be doing to be improving ourselves. And in discussing this, I did want to share how back in the general conference, April 2009, um, Uchtdorf gave a great talk about how to be a disciple of Christ. So read that, you will get so much. And he goes through um, giving a list of some ideas. Um, And then he did start out by saying that the first step on the path of discipleship begins in the exact place where we stand. We do not have to pre-qualify to take that first step. It doesn't matter if we are rich or poor, there's no requirement to be educated, eloquent, or intellectual. We do not have to be perfect or well-spoken or even well-mannered. You and I can walk in the path of discipleship today. I love that quote so much. Right? That is so refreshing. Like, it's just like, okay, you don't have to, like, you know, suddenly do all this stuff and then you can start on the path. No, that's that's not how it goes at all. Like, Christ will take us where we are and help us to improve ourselves. And that's how it goes. I love that first sentence of the first step on the path of discipleship begins in the exact place where we stand. Like, I know we've talked about this before, how, like, April... 2020 conference was a big changer for you and I, Uh um, especially when we were talking about spiritual foundations and going back to basics and all of that stuff. Like that was the moment that you and I each realized that we needed to be better disciples of Jesus Christ. Like that was when we were like, we need to do better and we're going to start right here where we are. And from there, (laughs) 
This is going to sound so stupid. But the first thing that I thought of doing Mm -hmm. to become a better disciple of Christ was to actually do the Come Follow Me program. Oh, really? Because I did not do it at all for New Testament. I never even looked at the dang thing. I did not look at it once. No, I didn't. I wanted nothing to do with it. I mean, I can understand that, I guess. And then when Book of Mormon started, I was like, eh, I haven't done it for a year. I don't want to start now. And then the conference was like, you better start this. And I was like, okay, I'm starting. So I picked up in like Mosiah. Hey, wherever. (laughs) And and I was like, oh my gosh, now I understand why the Lord's been telling me I need to do Come Follow Me for so long. It was a stupid step. It was a very stupid step, okay? (laughs) And clearly nobody knew that I wasn't doing Come Follow Me the Mm -hmm. entire time. No, not at all. (laughs) But like taking that step to choose to do Come Follow Me was like the first step on the path of me becoming a better Mm -hmm. disciple. And I think it's like relatable for like Mm -hmm. probably everybody because... Honestly, yeah. yes. I that is so funny. But yeah, no, that's such a great <laughs> example though. Like immediately we're gonna be like, okay, like what can we do to be better? And no, it's like uh it's like Naaman and his leprosy. He yes. wants to do a big thing to show that he's gonna be better. He wants to set like all the New Year's resolutions. He wants to do all this grand dramatic gesture to prove to show his his love, his acceptance. He's willing to give anything. But all he is asked to do is to go wash in a river. Seven times, yep. I mean, I remember, like, learning about this as a kid, and I'm like, yeah, of course it's going to be something simple. Like, you don't have to do a big thing. But, yeah, as I've gotten older, I'm just like, but don't I need to, like, be so much better than I am now? Don't I need to, like, do all this stuff? I need to change my entire life. I need to, like, make all these new habits and everything. And sometimes, no, that's that's not how it's going to be. It's going to be doing one small thing at a time. The Lord is not going to be like, hey, Right now, you have to become a saint, get rid of everything, and go live in this third world country and fix everything right now. Yeah. I mean, as much as great as that would be to to make such an impact, that's not what he's going to ask of us. He's going to ask us to do something small to draw a little bit closer, like starting to come follow me. And those li- that one little decision is going to lead to smaller other decisions, and then exactly, and Baby then in steps. the future. In the future, you're going to be like, oh, wow, that was my first step. Mm-hmm. And now look at where I am. So mm-hmm. exactly. It is. A, it. It's by the small and simple things that great things come to pass. Exactly. So I love that. OK, so there are 10 other tips that Uchturf gives us. But I, I like how these are also simple. And he and so the first one is let us be humble. Let us pray to our father in heaven with all our heart and express our desire to draw close to him and learn of him, which I think is clear. Like sometimes I'll talk to myself and be like, okay, I definitely need to improve and do this and work on that. Um, But you do want to include the Lord in your plans. Yeah. So the second one is have faith, which is very difficult, but it's a very important step because if you can try to trust the Lord and just let things go, then mm-hmm. it will benefit you greatly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I love that. And then he goes on to say that we need to seek and you will find knock and the door will be open and referencing Matthew chapter seven, verse seven. Like we need to take that first step to be willing to do something. Before we even get to that come follow me step, it's going to be going to the Lord and being like, hey, like, what can I do? Like, how can I draw closer unto you? 
So the next one is serve the Lord by serving others. And this is so important because it's not just like doing big service projects. It can be something really small, Mm -hmm. like just texting to check in on someone or Mm -hmm. adding them to your prayers or just asking what you can do for them or doing dropping off food. Like any tiny little thing is amazing Mm -hmm. and it will definitely help you feel closer to the savior too. I agree. Like, Sometimes just saying something nice to them and being supportive of them is going to be the best way that you can serve someone. Yeah, that's good. So important. The next one is to become an active participant in your ward or branch. Um, So, I mean, that is one of the best ways that you will get to serving someone is by actually being around people. Um, And, you know, like accepting callings and everything can be very helpful. Right now, I'm not going to be telling you that you should be going to church because we're in the middle of a pandemic and we should be careful. But that doesn't have to limit us from being an active participant. There are still other ways to be supportive, to to get to know ward members and other ways to do virtual activities um, to show support in, a, in any other way. All right. The next one is strengthen your family by committing to live the principles of the gospel. Be of one heart and one mind in your family. But I think if everyone as a family individually are willing to be of one heart and one mind with the Lord, the relationship issues will work themselves out over time. Yes, I really like the way you said that. Being of one mind doesn't mean that you have to agree with everything that is going on within your family. It just means that you are willing to support them if you can um, or like you said to to draw close into the word lord to have one mind towards treating your family with respect and kindness yeah i really i really like that then the next one is to adjust your lives to be able to have a temple recommend and use it when possible recently yeah, when the temples are open yes mm-hmm. yeah um but i mean for me personally like i love the fact that i do have a temple recommend i do believe that i'm still worthy of ho- holding it and to me like that's really important and um i remember how my grandfather was um buried with his temple recommend in his like coat pocket or something i don't know if that's like normal in the church or anything but i thought it was pretty revolutionary when i heard it as a kid and i was like that is so amazing like he had it until like he was done with his life. And I definitely want the same for myself. Cute. The next one is have meaningful family home evenings, read the word of God and speak to our heavenly father in earnest prayer. Now as single people, having, <laughs> having a meaningful family home evening is very challenging when you're single, yes. but try to participate in your wards, family home evening. If even if it's like a virtual family home evening, those are great. Or if you have a family, find whatever works for your family. Like my family growing up never had family home evening. We did oh, really? we did other things. Like we would okay. like we had family dinners every night. And so like uh-huh. in replacement of family home evening, we would have like have a game night or like we're gonna watch a movie together as a family and like just okay. spend quality time together as the family. So mm-hmm. like if your family isn't big on family home evening, like find something else you can do instead that will help you to be close as a family. Mm-hmm. Or if you're single, find things that you can do with your born family yes. or with your friends who become your family to exactly. grow closer together as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. When we talk about family here, we do not say that it has to be blood related or anything. Yeah. All right. So the next one is fill our hearts with gratitude for the restoration of his church, for living prophets, the Book of Mormon, and the priesthood power that blesses our lives. Um, I do think that it's important. Like, I hadn't really considered that, but 
if we're going to be disciples, then we do need to be grateful for what we do have and we need to be willing to put it to use in our lives. Yeah. And the last one is embrace the gospel of Jesus Christ, become his disciples and walk in his way. And I just want to share the quote that this kind of comes from in the talk. Okay. So Elder Uchtdorf says, the gospel is the good news of Christ. It is the revelation that the son of God came to earth, lived a perfect life, atoned for our sins and conquered death. It is the path of salvation, the way of hope and joy, and the assurance that God has a plan of redemption and happiness for his children. The gospel is the way of discipleship. As we walk in that way, we can experience confidence and joy, even during times of peril, sorrow, and uncertainty. The gospel of Jesus Christ has the answers to all of our problems. The gospel is not a secret. It is not complicated or hidden. It can unlock the door to true happiness. The gospel is so simple. Mm-hmm. It's really just do what you can to gain faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and our Father in heaven. Repent frequently. Renew your baptismal covenants if you've already been baptized by partaking of the sacrament worthily, or if you haven't been baptized yet, get baptized. Maintain the gift of the Holy Ghost in your life by being worthy of its presence, and then Doing all of those things continually will help you endure to the end and help you along the way back to Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. It's simple. It's not complicated. It's not a secret. And by doing those things, you really will be happier and you will be able to draw closer to the Savior every day of your life. Yes, I absolutely love that and support that. In accordance to that, Uchtdorf talks more and he said that, nevertheless, it is not a quick fix or an overnight cure. Brothers and sisters, we have to stay with it. We don't acquire eternal life in a sprint. This is a race of endurance. We have to apply and reapply the divine gospel principles. Day after day, we need to make them part of our normal life. For discipleship is a journey. We need the refining lessons of the journey to craft our character and purify our hearts. By patiently walking in the path of discipleship, we demonstrate to ourselves the measure of our faith and our willingness to accept God's will rather than ours. I love that. So good. All this is just like such a good reminder of what it really means to be a disciple and how much constant work and effort that is required. But it is a joyful journey that we are on. Like we're supposed to get happy through doing this. And so I feel like as long as we're doing it right, then we'll be happy. Yeah, we already know that he wants us back with him. But it would also be nice for him to know, I think, if we truly want to be there with him and what we're willing to do to get there. I just thought of a really corny analogy. (laughs) Do share it now. Okay. It's kind of like, it's kind of like when we're on a dating app, like Uh the Lord Lord already swiped yes on us. He just wants (gasps) us to know that we swiped yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. (laughs) That's so perfect. I love that analogy. That is hilarious. And he just comes off as a perfect man that we perfect. could never be worthy of. Yeah, and we're just like, can I, should I? I don't know. I don't think he'd want to swipe on me. Like, he's too good for me. He's perfect. Trust me, he's already swiped on all of us. Like, he, he wants us there. Oh, my gosh, that is so great. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Anyways. So <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. In October conference this year, 2020, 
Elder Dale G. Renlund suggested three things we should be focusing on as referred and taught by the prophet Micah in our journey of discipleship. And he said they are one, to do justly, two, to love mercy, and three, to walk humbly with God. And that's the title of his talk, too. Do Mm -hmm. justly, love mercy, walk humbly with God. He said, to do justly is therefore a practical application of the first and second great commandments, to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind, and to love thy neighbor as thyself. To do justly and walk humbly with God is to intentionally withdraw our hand from iniquity, walk in his statues, and remain authentically faithful. A just person turns away from sin and toward God, makes covenants with him, and keeps those covenants. A just person chooses to obey the commandments of God, repents when falling short, and keeps on trying. To love mercy as God does is inseparably connected to dealing justly with others and not mistreating them. Loving mercy means that we do not just love the mercy that God extends to us, but we delight that God extends that same mercy to others. Jesus Christ wants us to love him first with all of our heart and with all of our soul, strength, everything, and then to turn around and love other people in our lives just as Mm -hmm. much and to show them the same love that God shows to us regularly. As we remember that God loves us, that we need to remember that he also loves other people and he extends that same mercy and kindness and grace to other people that he extends to us. When we do that, we become more like him. And that's what he wants from us. Yes, exactly. Um, I feel like you basically said this, but I do want to share the quote that follows that. Um, How it says, Jesus Christ exemplified what it means to do justly and to love mercy. He freely associated with sinners, treating them honorably and with respect. He taught the joy of keeping God's commandments and sought to lift rather than condemn those who struggled. He did denounce those who faulted him for ministering to people who they deemed unworthy. Such self-righteousness offended him and still does. I mean, you said that, but I just wanted to get like even a little bit more specific about some of the things that we should and should not be doing. Yeah. Our doctrine allows for a lot of open-ended interpretations, which is important because we need to use our agency to make our choices as well as we need to be willing to reach out for personal revelation to better understand these. So the Lord is not always going to say, like, step number one, like, be nice. Step number two, don't see the, see, say these exact words to people. Like, he's not going to give you all those very nitty-gritty explanations. He's going to just give you the basics of love others and expects you to learn and figure out what that means, as well as having the perfect example of Jesus Christ. And we need to be considering that when we are acting as disciples, that we truly are following the proper examples, that we're fo- truly following what he is saying, because we can do anything and claim to ourselves, yeah, I'm doing the right thing, um, but that's not necessarily always going to be true. Christ never thought that anyone was unworthy of his love or his help. And yeah. if you or anyone else is thinking that someone is unworthy of your love or your help or your kindness, mm-hmm. then you are sorely mistaken and offending the savior Mm -hmm. period okay so as we move forward we want we want to just touch quickly on why we should become better disciples of christ i feel like we've we very much talked about a lot of this how it is a commandment how we are asked to become more christ-like so that we can be with our heavenly father in the next life so that we can become better people and support those around us And truthfully, it really is something that we should be doing and something that we should want to be doing because there is a next life after this. 
and we need to be ready and prepared for when that time comes for us. Okay, there was a talk titled The Great Commandment, given by Joseph B. Worthlin. Yeah. So he said? Nice. Okay, he said that at the final day, the Savior will not ask about the nature of our callings. He will not inquire about our material possessions or fame. He will ask if we ministered to the sick, gave food and drink to the hungry, visited those in prison, or gave succor to the weak. When we reach out to assist the least of Heavenly Father's children, we do it unto him. That is the essence of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I absolutely love that. It is so easy to just go and say like, hey, yeah, of course, I was, you know, a teacher in church. I was a Relief Society president. Obviously, I was a good person. The Lord is not going to be like, okay, like, that's good enough. Check. You're done. Go through those big pearly gates. Like, everything's good. No, he's going to be like, okay, so what did you do when you had that calling? What did you do when you saw that person on the side of the road who needed help? What kind of Samaritan were you kind of situation? It's really going to be like how well we treated others in this lifetime, how well we loved them. Mm-hmm. Because when we love others, we are showing that we love Jesus Christ, that we love our Heavenly Father. That That is the essence of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Elder Hales in April 2017 General Conference pushed it even further. And he says, brothers and sisters, now more than ever, we cannot be a part-time disciple. We cannot be a disciple on just one point of doctrine or another. The constellation of characteristics that result from faith in Christ, including the ones we have talked about today, are all necessary to our standing strong in these last days. As we earnestly strive to be true disciples of Jesus Christ, these characteristics will be interwoven, added upon, and interactively strengthened in us. There will be no disparity between the kindness we show our enemies and the kindness we bestow on our friends. We will be as honest when no one is looking as when others are watching. We will be as devoted to God in the public square as we are in our private closet. It's so true that we can't just be a disciple one day a week on Sundays and then the rest of the week be a servant of Satan and mankind. We have to really focus on developing Christ-like attributes that will allow us and enable us to be kind to our enemies the way that we're kind to our friends. Be as devoted to Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ in our personal lives, in our public lives, in our work lives as we are in our homes. If we want to see the change happen that we need to have happen in the world, then we need to start with ourselves first. Beautiful. Exactly. All right. So to conclude, um, President Nelson said that true disciples of Jesus Christ are willing to stand out, speak up and be different from the people of the world. When we are disciples of Jesus Christ, it's going to be noticeable, not just in our own lives, but for those around us. They will see that difference. They will see that impact that you're making and they will, through you, feel the true love of Christ. We are seeing a time right now in our country specifically where leaders of our country are calling for change and they want people to change and become more united with one another Mm -hmm. and to become united under the banner of Americans and as people. The only way we can really do this is if we are willing to put forth the work in our own selves. The real change can only happen with us being willing to take that look at ourselves and make the changes within ourselves. There's no way that the changes that we want to see happen in our government, in our country, in our society, anywhere, if we aren't willing to put forth the effort in ourselves. 
President Oak said, this is actually from the devotional that he did at BYU last month. Oh, hey, yes. Um, when he talks about racism and how Black Lives Matter, and that is a universal truth that has been accepted by God for ever. President Oak said, I invite each of you to accept the invitation repeated in our October conference to become more Christ-like. That is not merely to speak of Christ and think of him or to try to copy his actions. We become Christ-like when we have achieved what the Apostle Paul called the mind of Christ. Then we will look at others and love them and act toward them as Christ would do and as he desires us to do. With God's help, we can do this. And I know we've talked about New Year's resolutions before. We did an episode (laughs) on that. Yes. Um, But Mm. with God's help, this resolution can stick. If we are really committed to becoming better disciples of Jesus Christ and working with the Lord every single day to do that, that resolution will stick. Not just for a year, but it'll stick for our entire lives. And we will really become who Christ wants us to become. Pretty much, yeah. Like, that's it really is all encompassing. And I don't know. I I disagree with everything that you just said. Like, I want to add something to it, but I honestly don't know. Like, we're here to be disciples of Christ. We are here to learn. We are here to change our hearts. And it is something that we're going to spend the rest of our lives working on. So the best thing that we can do right now is get started to turn to the Lord and be like, here, what can I do? That will set you off on a beautiful journey where you get to improve yourself and help those around you and learn to love in a way that you might not have ever loved people before. Exactly. So with that said, we have a special request of you guys. You might have already seen it on our Instagram or our Facebook or our Twitter. Um, Next week is going to be our 50th episode. Hey! And it's also going to be our quote-unquote season finale. We're going to take a break for the holidays um, Mm -hmm. because we haven't done that. We've been working straight through (laughs) the last year. Yeah. We're finally going to take a break. break. (laughs) Yes. Um, And then we're going to come back rejuvenated with even more ideas and a lot more to come, which we're super thrilled about. But for next week, we do have an ask of you guys. Yes. We are going to be doing another listener episode about enduring to the end. So if you have any thoughts about how you have endured trials, how you build your faith, what songs, talks, quotes, or anything gets you through hard times, really anything that Mm -hmm. helps you to strengthen your faith so that way you can endure and remain close to the Savior, whatever you have, please let us know what you have to share. We've already gotten some Mm -hmm. really good responses, and I've saved them all on my phone. We're super excited. Yes. So you can contact us through uh, through Instagram, through Twitter, or through our email. Which is which, funeralpotatoesforthesingles at gmail.com. Yes. If you want to get us on Twitter, it's at potatoesward. And then on Instagram, it's going to be our, our, full, our full name, funeralpotatoesforthesinglesward. So we'll be putting up a few more questions, um, but feel free to DM us or email us at any time. We would love to hear more about the experiences that you've been through or even just about your favorite scriptures, about your favorite pieces of doctrine that have given you the support that you need to continue carrying on. So we would love your help and your support on this. Yeah. So give us what you've got. We love, 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 love doing the listener email episodes. They're always so fun. You guys don't even know. They're always so so fun. And this one already from like 
the responses that we've gotten so far, I'm already like, oh my gosh, these are so beautiful. And I can't wait to share them with everybody. So So, so please help us out next week. Mm -hmm. It's coming at you. Yes. No matter how small you think it might be, trust me, we know you have stories to share. And we also know that there might be someone out there who needs to hear what you have to say. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for listening again, guys. Thanks. We appreciate you guys. We love you guys. Take care. Bye. Bye.